on the block on demand. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the Crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champion. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me wanna shout. McCoy in the backfield takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They'll look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome. What's up, Mohawk Valley? What's happening out there today? How's the tomato pie today? What a silly question. It's delicious. As it is every single day. Perhaps you're listening on the ESPN app, taking us with you wherever you go, which starting tomorrow you can take us with you. To the great New York State Fair. Oh, it's butter sculpture time. It's fried food time. It's people watching time. It's mullet time. It's Counting Crows time. Saturday. Oh, the great New York State Fair. You know what that means? Summer's over, kids. Summer is over. And it's time for football, football, Football and a little more football, right, Coach? Thanks, Brent. That's right, Coach. Thank you. So enjoy the New York State Fair. Have your fried dough and go on your rides and do the thing. Because summer's over and it's time to go back to school, kiddies. And it's football season. Let's get it. So wait, you're at the Great New York State Fair, but you still want to listen to this program, Orange Nation, Daniel Baldwin Show, all the fine programming here on ESPN Radio. Well, it's very easy to do. Just get the ESPN app, download the app. There's a listen tab on the app. Find ESPN Syracuse or ESPN Utica Rome, and off you go. Listen to us on the Ferris wheel. Listen to us in the International Building. Listen to us while you're watching a cow give birth. I don't care, but take us with you. Well, except the cow giving birth thing. That's that. Usually taking us in the bathroom, that's kind of gross. Can I add, why, why do people do this? I just And people do it. Not my kind of thing. But, hey, there's something for everybody at the New York State Fair, right? So if you're going to the fair or wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you can take us with you on the ESPN app. Here's how you get in touch with the show, 437-7644. That is the magical phone number that will get you in touch with us. Brent Axe Media, Brent Axe Media on Twitter. Or the text line, which is 288-0644. That's hot. That is hot. Bring us the hot takes, baby. We're ready for them. Two guests will join us today. 
talking football, football, football. Right here in this hour, the mighty Sal Capaccio, WGR, the Buffalo Bills Radio Network, will update us on the chosen one, the great messiah of football, the man who will lead the Buffalo Bills to a 16-0 record, the great one, Josh Allen. Boy, I have really fallen hard for Josh Allen. This has gone beyond man crush, okay? This has gone beyond man crush. This is just flat-out infatuation. And remember, I was not on the Josh Allen train. I will admit that. I was not on board. I was more of a Rosen guy. I had my suspicions. I had my doubts about Josh Allen. But that, friends, is no more. Josh Allen, the greatest human being on planet Earth, not named my wife or child. He's right up there. He's he's so dreamy, isn't he, that Josh Allen? So Sal Capaccio will update us on the great one, Josh Allen, triumphantly getting the start in Buffalo's preseason matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals this weekend. If there's a quarterback on earth we love more than Josh Allen, it's Andy Dalton because of the playoff berth that he finally gave Bills fans after a 17-year drought last year. But uh, We will talk about the quarterback situation, all things Bills camp. At 5.05, Jet fans get ready because your Messiah, your great one, will be discussed. Sam Darnold, who I believe will play more snaps this season in that rookie quarterback group of Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, Lamar Jackson, the first-rounders that were taken. Certainly Joe Flacco's going to start in Baltimore, but they'd be silly not to put Lamar Jackson on the field. And again, it's just preseason football, but you'll, you see him make some plays. Last night, Baltimore would be silly to not use him in some capacity this year, right? So we'll talk to Rich Samini. Our good friend from ESPN about the Jets, about Sam Darnold. Will they trade Teddy Bridgewater? I think that all depends on injuries and what kind of market could bear itself over the next couple of weeks. So two great football guests joining us. We'll do some SU football over-unders today. The boys hard at work behind the scenes on that. Jim Beheim had some interesting things to say on Andy Katz's podcast. Get a little SU hoops flavor in there. We got us a fire sale. We got us a mid to late August fire sale in Major League Baseball. Bryce Harper was almost a Dodger. Daniel Murphy's been traded. The Nats are having an everything must go sale right now. And they're not that far out of contention, at least mathematically, but everything else emotionally and logistically and, you know, just look at the situation with the Nats. They're, They're just packing it in. I do want to start, though, with a little Syracuse football and, and with Dino Baber. Thanks, Brent. Well, thank you, Coach. Because, well, let's just listen. This is from today because now we're locking in, man. Camp is essentially over. You're starting to really focus on your first opponent. And, of course, Syracuse's case, it's Western Michigan. You've done what you need to do. You put the parameters in place. Now it's it's really honing in on on game week, if you will. Remember, Syracuse plays on a Friday, so everything kind of shifts up a day. So Dino was asked today by the great Stephen Bailey, Syracuse.com, if he had decided on a quarterback. And the answer to that is yes. And I think we kind of know who it is, but getting Dino Babers to say it 
has been proven to be a little difficult. Let's listen into a few things that Dino said today. Have you decided on a starting quarterback for week one? I have. Is it Eric? I'm not going to answer any questions right now, but. What did you see from those two guys in that competition down the stretch? And was it a close call at all for you? You mean Eric and, and Tommy? Eric and Tommy. I think that uh, their competition is still going, and I think it's a good competition, and I, I can't wait to see both of them play. Do you envision both of them playing in week one? It all depends on how the score goes. If it's a close game? <laughs> I'm not sure. Okay. Very, that, now, that good follow-ups there by the great Stephen Bailey. But you got to wonder why Dino is being so coy about this. Now, Dino's a football coach, and football coaches do these things, and there's certain patterns they follow and certain things that they do. And, you know, when you bring up Tommy DeVito's name, Dino will look at you like, Tommy who? We'll always bring the other quarterbacks into the discussion. That's all well and good. Keep things even. But if you've been paying attention for five minutes, even with the limited viewing the media gets and that window that's been closed off, Dino did not have an open practice this year into the, like the scrimmage they usually do. He's really locking it down. And football coaches do this every year, and they, they believe they've got some sort of trade secret, like he's going to come out and reinvent the wheel on opening day, you've got a senior established quarterback who's making every watch list in the country when it comes to the best quarterbacks in the country. You've got somebody who, when healthy, and I understand how big of an asterisk that is next to Eric Dungy's name, but when healthy is one of the more productive, exciting, and best quarterbacks in the ACC. I I don't have to give you Eric Dungy's resume. As good as Tommy DeVito is, is now as good as Tommy DeVito can be, and seeing that there's a possibility that Tommy could play against Western Michigan if the score gets out of hand or if you just want to throw a little wrinkle at Tim Lester. Because as we have said, if you made a list of the five people on planet Earth that know Eric Dungy best, Tim Lester is making that list. He recruited him. He found him. He brought him here from Lake Oswego, Oregon, and Dungy comes in. We're all like, who is this kid that Tim Lester found in Oregon, of all places? Somewhere where Syracuse wasn't really on the map in terms of recruiting and recruiting quarterbacks, for that matter. And here we are, and as they say, the rest is history. And, you know, as exciting a player as Dungy has been, he still has something to prove here. But with DeVito, like, he knows who the man is. You're not doing a disservice to Tommy DeVito to name Eric Dungy the starter today. I've decided who my starting quarterback is. His name's Eric Dungy. I don't get why you can't say that, especially given who the other coach is. You know, Tim Lester, the guy who recruited Dungy, Tim Doust, the defensive coordinator and defensive coach who was on the staff here, on the staff here, pardon me, with. Eric Dungy and Jake Moreland and Juwan Dowles and all Stephen Clark, like they, they're, they're hello, they, they've all been here. Like Dungy, Dungy, who? Like we better watch some film on this kid. Now, Devito, they don't know, but they're running the same offense. What you tell the media and what you tell your team behind the scenes isn't always the same thing. But where's the hesitation here in coming out and saying? Yeah, you know my senior quarterback, the guy that has been through 
a heck of a lot since being thrown in onto the field, maybe a lot sooner than he imagined it in his freshman season, was one of the most productive quarterbacks in the history of Syracuse football at times and in the ACC at times and has come in, led my offense. I didn't recruit him. I came in here. He was recruited under a different coaching staff, but he stayed here. He stuck it out. He has taken this high-octane offense that we run and helped set new records with it. That kid who's healthy, who's ready to go, he's my starter. Why can't you do that? Because young Tommy DeVito needs to understand that. Now, if DeVito's truly pushing him in practice, and he is, and if DeVito is impressing the coaching staff, the players, and those that get that view behind the scenes, which he is, that's great. And maybe you want to push that narrative as far as you can go. But again, what you tell the media and what you tell your team, from a football standpoint, you don't want to pull an Urban Meyer in that case or a DJ Durkin in that case. But the cloak and dagger football stuff is fine. Like the gamesmanship there is fine. Like you can go talk to the media today. Do you know who's your starter? Like we heard Bailey mention. Have you decided on a starting quarterback for week one? I have. Is it Eric? I'm not going to answer any questions right now. So by not answering any questions, you'll create more questions, and maybe that's Dino's point. Like, let's keep Western Michigan on edge as much as we can, but I think they're pretty much in tune with what's happening, right? I love the gamesmanship. I love the back and forth. Keep them guessing, right? It'd be almost boring in a way to come out there today and say, Dungy's my starter. But again, you tell the media that, and you'd be accurate because, well, we all kind of know anyway. But behind the scenes, you say, look, Tommy, no matter what I tell the media, you keep pushing his butt. You keep making plays. You keep doing your thing because you're going to play. I'm not going to tell them that, but you're playing. If that's Western Michigan, there is no doubt that that kid is playing against Wagner in the home opener, which creates a reason to go to the home opener, frankly. So... Football coaches are funny. This is how they do their thing. I understand it. I'm so used to it by now. I just kind of, you roll with the punches. We'll talk to Dino next week. I'm sure he won't be as coy about a starting quarterback this time next week when we talk to him. Or maybe he will. I don't know. Maybe you just wait until kickoff. Football coaches are funny that way. But there's no harm. You're not winning any battles here by naming Dungy the starter. None. If anything... Maybe he's pushing his buttons a little bit by not naming him the starter, not just handing it to him, making him earn it. Even in his senior year, even after everything he's had to sacrifice, go through, come around on to be in that position. But that's, you know, football coaches are football coaches. They get a little squirrely this time of the year. It's almost time to play for real. Uh, Thanks, Brent. Thank you, Coach. Uh, Let's listen to a couple more things that Dino I had to say today. This is when you change to game mode, which is pretty much now, as camp winds up here. Right now we're in preparation for that, mentally and physically. Uh, we've got a lot of the physical parts done, but we've got to see how the people are going to handle the mental part of it. So much of this game is guys are capable of doing it, but then mentally they lose focus somewhere. And we want to see who can keep their focus and not only keep it for one game, but be able to keep it for 12, 13, and 14 games in a season. Here is Dino Babers 
on what has impressed him. In I think the thing that impresses me the most is the O-line and the D-line. I think we've got some physical people up there. Anytime that they go into a, a battle with one another in practice, it's something to see. And we have to be careful because they are so competitive in those two groups that we don't do too much. It's time to get some of those guys healthy and, uh, and to put it on somebody else and stop putting it on ourselves. Four three seven seventy six forty four. If you want to hop on board, Rich Semini later in the show on the Jets SU football over unders coming up. We'll hit some hot takes later, including the big fire sale by the Nationals today. But coming up, the great one, the dreamy Josh Allen, taking hold of the quarterback position in Buffalo. All the latest from Bills camp coming up with our buddy Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio, hang in there. You're on the block. ESPN Radio back after. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Out on these mean streets talking Syracuse football. Welcome back. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. It is presented by Burdick BMW. Well, hello, Seth Goldberg. What are you doing here? What am I doing here? I'm doing a show. I don't know what you're doing here. Did I invite you in here? In this case, I did, actually. I did, you did. I did invite you in. Uh, kind of a Tuesday version of the blind side, but we're going to hone it in on one thing. It's not technically the blind side because I know what you're going to ask me. Yes. Generally, Generally. But I don't know what these are specifically. No, so you don't. I do know these are Syracuse football over-unders, and I'm going to kind of react off the cuff here. We'll go through them. You play along at home. Um, I don't really have a music bed for this. I probably eh, should. It's fine. It's whatever. Should I play the Benny Hill theme just for the hell of it? Why not? I mean, I mean, I'm always makes everything in the mood. better. Exactly. Makes I'm always in the better. mood for the Benny Hill theme. We could always do that, but uh, I'll, I'll hold off okay. in this case. So Syracuse football over, under. Seth's going to throw some at us. Let's see what we got. Uh, Eric Dungey games played over, under nine and a half. I'm going to say over. I think he makes it this year. I think he's going to stay healthy, and it's just a matter of sometimes it's dumb luck. I mean, we hone in on his... What can be reckless play sometimes. We hone in on the concussions. We hone in on certain things. But remember, he missed last year with a broken foot. It's, right. This was none of the narratives hold here. It's a freaky injury that could happen to anybody, uh, even a quarterback that is not as mobile as Eric Dungy is. Certainly, right. a quarterback as mobile as him is more apt to get an injury like that. But I'm going to go over. I, th- I think he rides it out this year. Total yardage for Dungy over under 3,500. I'm going to say over. I just think you have to say over. When you're in that I think kind if of offense, if he's healthy, he'll be. If over. he's healthy, the numbers he's piled up, even missing three or four games a season, have been incredible. So, uh, since I believe he's going to make it through, I'll go over, and that's even if Tommy DeVito plays, because we don't know who the quarterback is, or something like right? that. Dino, because today Dino said, "I don't, I know who my quarterback is, but I'm not going to tell you." Thanks, Brent. You're welcome, I guess. Thank you, uh, Dean. I think we kind of know, but thank you. Thank you for the, the content. Yes, thank you. Um, Neil, uh, Mo Neal, over under 500 rushing yards. Boy, that's a tough one. because The I, number's not high, but that's it, a tough one. But it is a tough one. You yeah. haven't had a 1,000-yard rusher at Syracuse since, what, 2013, I believe? Jerome Smith in 2012. 2012. Okay. I think that Strickland and Mo Neal are going to split reps. I think... A couple other guys could get in the mix too. I'm going to say under. I'm I will as under. well. Now I'm the thing with Mo Neal is he could break out some big runs. So if he can 
have a good steady average and you add in those chunk yards he gets, he could he could get over that finish line, but I don't think by much. I'll say under. Jamal Custis over under 800 receiving yards. See, I'm going to say under on this too because I think while the system has provided Steve Ishmael and Irv Phillips and Amba Etatawu and a few other players you could throw in that mix, some big numbers and some big opportunities, I don't think Custis is that heavy target guy. I think he'll get targeted in certain situations, but will he pile up yards? He's not, to me, the guy that's going to catch the 40, 50, 60-yard bombs. He's not the guy you're going to go to in that situation. I think he's more of a red zone threat. I think he's great in short yardage. Maybe he'll surprise me and emerges this great talent that we've seen physically. He's certainly that, but I think we're going to see a little bit more spread in the wealth throwing the football this year, so I'm going to say under. I'm going over. You're going to go over on that? Yeah. Hey, look, the system bears out exactly. numbers-wise. So I think he's going to be I think he's going to be in the slot. I think he's going to have a whole bunch of mismatches. I think he's going to wreak some okay. havoc. You you could prove me right there, but prove yourself right there. Yeah. Prove me wrong there, pardon right. me, but I'll believe it when I see it, to use another expression. Because I've, I've just heard it for the past few years. Over under four and a half wins. I, I'm going to say over. You know, I, I feel like I say this every year, and it's like the standard Syracuse football prediction, and I reserve the right to change this before kickoff based on injury or something that can tilt my opinion. Like if Tommy DeVito starts at quarterback, perhaps, right? But, which he won't, but, you know, he'll play. I'm going to say over, and I'm going to say six and six. I have no idea what to say for this. I, I don't. Because well, the last two years you'd be inclined to say right. it, and they went for to say uh, Right. And so that makes me think maybe you say under again. But I, I think Live they're better. dangerously sad. But I think they're better. So I'll... If they're one I just, game I don't better. know where I just I don't know where the wins are. Think of with how the tough schedule. the schedule was last year, and they're right. That but here's close the thing. Four times. But here's the thing: the three biggest toss-up games are all on the road. That's a fair point. BC Pitt Wake all on the road That's this year. That's a fair point. That's going to be. So tough I just sledding. I don't know. That's why it is downright crucial. This team go three and one. Exactly. To start the season, no burps there, no losses to teams no, they, you shouldn't be losing well, to. No loss to Western Michigan is the real big one. That's You've got to beat them. And if you, you know don't what, any them, combination of three and one, if you start three and one, losing to Western Michigan but beating Florida State, sure, you'll take it. But I think we know what the better plan there is. Sure, I'll say over, but I I can change that. I guess right. uh, over under three and a half. Tommy DeVito starts under because I think Dungey's going to ride it out this year. Starts, I'll take the under. Rephrase that in some way, like how many. Oh, how about I'll I'll come back at you at this over under games Devito plays in three and a half. I'm taking the over. Probably over. I'm taking the over because he'll play in games that they're winning big and losing big, and they'll win big at Wagner, they'll lose big at Clemson, and then you need to find like two more that he'll play. He'll in. get in the UConn game. I agree. And then it's like you said, it's one more game where like they're the either USC losing game or, or, or winning big. Yeah, he will play in more. He'll than play three in more than games. three and a half games. That's why I said, and starts. I don't mean like one snap. I mean, like significant. You're know, like he'll play a quarter, right? More than even if it's garbage games. time. Yes. Your point is, and, and so I'll, I'll go under on the starts too. Uh, over under this last one I got for you, Brent. Over under four and a half. Antoine Cordy starts. I'm gonna say over. I'm I'm gonna take the leap of faith too that he's ready to contribute, ready to play. Boy, it, it's amazing that your your best playmaker on offense and your best playmaker on defense have not made it through the season in the last two years. It's incredible. And, and Cordy, they. They basically invented a position for him in this four-two-five. Right. He's the most talented player on that defense. They need him in that secondary, particularly 
with the issues at linebacker right now. Knock on wood, rub the rabbit's foot, do everything you have to do in that department. But uh, I, I think he's going to make it this year. I'm going to say over, but I don't necessarily feel good about that. I want him to. I want it to be over. Yes, I, I will throw that out there. I want it to be over. I'm going to say it's over. I don't know just because the last two years he's had two different injuries that have cost him. It, it it hasn't been one thing. It's just been different injuries that have cost him. the Injury year. prone is 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 a tough label to to outrun. And yep. Unfortunately, that's what he's been the last two years. But I, I absolutely hope this year is different. 437-7644 if you want to jump in on any of our Syracuse football over-unders. We can talk more SU football on the other side. When we break, though, a couple things I want to hit. Jim Beheim. Gave us an early taste of things to come on Andy Katz's podcast. And I know that we've been chicken-littling baseball a little bit, but I read a very interesting piece today that really lays it out as best as any I've seen about if you view it this way and don't like where the sport is going and how it's being played, just how much trouble it could be in. We'll discuss that coming up, too. Stay right there. Thank you. Bye-bye.